Welcome one, welcome all. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, coming to you today. Uh, it's time of this recording from a very chilly Franklin, Tennessee, uh, just south of the Music City. And uh, joining me today for this episode, episode number uh, four of the Virtue Pill season, uh, is um, is uh, Mr. Steve Winan. Uh, Steve is a uh, a fellow uh, member of a uh, a men's group that uh, that we're a part of. Uh, he he comes to us today from the great state of New Jersey. Also runs the business called the Sibling Coach. We'll uh, talk to him a little bit more about that. And uh, based on his guitar bio, he is the guitarist with the explosive boogie woogie quote unquote. So we'll uh, we'll definitely be uh, asking <laughs> asking him a little bit about that. But uh, uh, you know, uh, Steve, I, I know you've uh, listened to the podcast before, so you know we'll we'll I like to dive into things with uh, with both both feet. One of the things that we explore on this show is just kind of what masculinity is is looking like today in uh, the Western world in the 21st century. So uh, so Steve, uh, in in your opinion, uh, what does it mean to be a man in uh, the Western world today? Ooh. To be a man in the Western world today? That's a good question. I think it really depends on who you ask. Um, for me, the answer is sort of a riff off like the Ryan Mickler protect, provide, preside uh, matrix, I guess. And those are sort of the three things that I feel that men in the Western world are called to and, and need to get back into doing. And that's part of the reason why I joined the Masculine Revival Men's Group in the first place um, is because I needed guidance in how to do that stuff because I missed that pass down. I feel like a lot of young men in my generation missed the pass down on how to actually do that stuff. Um, but I also think that being a man in the Western world, or I guess, yeah, at least in the United States, is you know dealing with a lot of for lack of a better term, other people's traumas and hurts that they are now directing towards men. And so like mm -hmm. feminism is a bit of that. We're, we're, I'm going to get canceled for all what I'm what we're going to talk about anyway. So we might as well just get it, into it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, I think feminism is part of that. Um, and then I was also a resident assistant in college for two years and um, just the messaging around how men are terrible, men are this, men are that, um, and it's all our fault. And the only way you can absolve yourself is if you buy into this set of like super left wing principles. And if you don't, then you're you're basically irredeemable, not a person. Um, and these things are these are messages and thoughts that I had uh, like drilled into me in college. And it took a long time to sort of unpack all that and get back into being a normal human being. Um, so yeah, I think being a man means you have to, we have to deal with this stuff. I mean, it's, it's there. It's not like we can just pretend that, um, you know, the wider culture views men as a net negative. I mean, they do, and it is what it is and we can hide and 
just, you know, watch porn all day and pretend like everything's going to be fine. But I think, you know, real men in the Western world, we got to get back out there and just start asserting ourselves and, and taking care of ourselves and being leaders in our community. And then, and just seeing where the chips fall, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot, a lot to, uh, to unpack there for, uh, from, from that answer. Um, one thing I do want to kind of, uh, circle back to is what, what you were saying is, um, you mentioned not having a lot of the, um, um, you mentioned the, the term kind of be passed down or just kind of those rites of passage passed down and specifically, you know, what, what are some of those things that, uh, that you see that, uh, maybe, um, kind of the it kind of ties back into having a strong father figure absent or uh that's kind of where where my mind went to that but what are some of those things that uh that you're seeing that that aren't necessarily being passed down uh today that were passed down in in gen, uh, previous generate generations yeah that's a great question um i think primarily in like there's no rite of passage like quote unquote rite of passage anymore for men. Um, and in the past, you know, you'd have your father or your grandfather or other men in your family. And, you know, you'd either learn a trade or you would go, or you eventually when the industrial revolution happened, like you'd leave a leave your home and go explore and, and go to a new city and have to build your life for yourself. And that was like an adventure, right? Like that's, so you went and go learned about yourself and you, you were like, okay, I can deal with all this adversity and difficulty. Like, and that was kind of how you were birthed into being a man. Um, but today in this very like safe safetyism oriented culture that we have, it's just like men don't get experiences to deal with danger or to deal with taking risks or, or anything like that, unless you play organized sports, um, then, then you might. Um, but if you don't, you don't really get any of that. And so, yeah, I think I like an, in general, rite of passage, I didn't get, and I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of other young men don't, um, but in general, I mean, things that would have been great to have to learn would have been, um, this is how you can make money, or this is how you manage your money, or this is how you talk to girls. And, um, like, Oh, yeah. And then also like life is really challenging. And, you know, when when life does get challenging, these are the these are the ways that you can deal with it as a man. And yes, you are an emotionally complex person because men have emotions. We don't mm -hmm. let them control us, but we but we're still emotionally complicated people. I mean, we uh, men and women are. Um, but there's masculine ways to deal with your emotions that um you know, my dad didn't know how to do and I didn't know how to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that we missed, but I feel like how to actually deal with your emotions as a man, how to actually manage your money or how to go like, why work? Why make money? What is the purpose behind all of that? Right. And as a man, like the purpose is so you can provide for yourself and then eventually provide for a family. Like that's how it's always been. But you know, there was no one, there was no elder in my family or anyone to tell me that stuff. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, just go do what you want. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the culture that we have right now. It's just like, oh yeah, just go do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The, uh, gosh, the, the culture today and just how much of a disservice that's done, um, to men and, and young women. I was actually, um, 
on an Instagram live or was watching. I wasn't on on the live itself, but I was watching the Instagram live that uh, uh, Will Spencer had had done last night and, and just talking about tracing back just the the absence of of father figures over the last you know 20 or not even 20 years but like 40 50 years of just and how that's really devolved our culture um he he had mentioned Mm -hmm. he made an interesting reference to you know the early issues of playboy magazine and about how you know there were young men were consuming that product because their fathers weren't there to disciple them or or you know teach them how to uh you know act with women or even be honoring to to women and at that point and then there were plenty of women to um you know provide pictorials for these magazines because their fathers weren't there and and it was simply because a lot of their fathers were as he put it they were they were dead because they were invading the beaches of normandy or they were involved in the korean war conflict or they were involved in earlier world wars and and i think that's the fact that we have it so easy in today's society has has really uh been become such a huge detriment to 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 who we are because we we just don't have a lot we don't have we have we have our our troubles but we don't nearly have the same scope of troubles that are you know now for you know guys like like you and i i'm i'm 40 i don't know how how close you are to that you don't necessarily have to say but um you know my grandfather he was alive in during world war ii and my my father was um he was he was uh, i'm 26 26 okay so I'm still, uh, yeah i'm still a bit young <laughs> okay okay yeah yeah so you're starting to see the the next um evolution of that uh in our culture where i was blessed enough that my my uh, grandfather and grandmother uh, on both sides of my family, they, they were still together and they, um, they weren't a casualty of any of those conflicts. And my, my father and mother are, are still together to, to this day. And, and, um, uh, um, but I can see just how so many families where that's, that's not the case where, um, you know, the, the father figure, and even, even then, if your family's intact, you don't have, sometimes your father figure isn't, isn't, uh, isn't perfect. And so it's like, how do we how do we navigate these these things and and if you turn to popular culture you're you're going to get the uh, you're not you're not going to get a, a a useful useful answer you're not going to get a use useful uh, uh, input on that and one of the things that that I kind of come across is is that uh, especially with with the state of masculinity today so many men are just they're just angry because they look at they they look at popular culture and like you were saying earlier everything everything is being blamed on straight white men these days i mean we're we're either racist we're homophobic we're misogynistic you know what whatever and it, it's just like you can't you can't win and so and then even when the pandemic happened it's like okay the 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 term essential jobs like you know well you're not an essential worker so you have to stay home you can't work you can't provide like that one maybe that that's the only aspect of uh, of life and of masculinity that this man was holding on to and then all of a sudden it's been taken away by something that's almost completely arbitrary to them and so there's just there's so much there's been so much upheaval in 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 our society even before the pandemic and i was inspired to start this podcast pre-pandemic and then when pandemic happened i just i it was just another reason for me to, to get into it. Um, but, right. um, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, 
bouncing around here a little bit. Uh, but uh, I wanted to uh, one of the other questions that we we were talking about is just kind of how, how do you uh, see the state of uh, of masculinity overall uh, in this day and age being a 26 year old man and just kind of being, I guess, um, you're not quite uh, you're not quite Gen Alpha, but uh, you're I guess you would I don't know what the uh, they they have terms for like the uh, you know, like micro generations, you know, like, you know, I would be. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. 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 I, I don't I, I'm like the last year within the millennial generation, I'm pretty okay. sure. And uh, then Gen Z starts. OK. Right. OK. I yeah. Think. That's, that sounds. Don't quote right. me on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it depends on. Yeah. It depends on who you can, you know, who, which which source you consult and which which what you right. find on the Internet. And of course, Abraham Lincoln said everything on the Internet is true. So um but, uh, <laughs> the uh what, what are the, yeah yeah what are the uh, um the micro generations that that i've fallen into is like i'm i was born on like the very beginning of like when they start saying millennials calling us millennials and so I, i've been called like a not been called but you know I've, sometimes i've fallen in looked at studies where i would fall into like the geriatric millennial uh, is one that that is wild. Has, like that is that that's a very hurtful term but yeah um, you know need, i needed a needed a safe space after that but uh yeah jerry acting for millennial or or they called us uh zillennials like x x millennial so they were like right at the tail end of generation x but then right at the uh you know beginning of the millennial generation so it's really really kind of unique for 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 me because when i was a little boy like you know, you know, going out and playing outside was still like the, the primary think, way that we entertained ourselves. And then, you know, you'd come in and you'd like our form of electronic entertainment was like, you know, watching TV. And then, you know, maybe yeah. we had like the old 8-bit Nintendo and, and things hey, like that. Atari and all that. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, it just as, as things, as we grew up, you know, we kind of grew up with like when, when PCs and the internet were coming into, into households and, you know, now I've got like, I'm just kind of looking around my apartment here. I've got four different devices that are connected to the internet right now in 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 my, yep. in my apartment. You know, it's just really, really wild. But um I just want to kind of get your your status on how how you're seeing things, especially as uh, as it relates to uh, the masculine in our culture today. Yeah, so the state of masculinity um it's a bit precarious, I would say. Because the larger culture, I mean, wants to snuff it out completely. And and I know like people might listen to this and be like, what is he talking? Well, the audience probably knows what you're talking about. So I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. But like, you know, if you're someone who doesn't really know what masculinity is or what femininity is or what feminism is or anything like that. And you're listening to this and you're like, what do you mean? Like masculinity is precarious. Like, what does that mean? Well, I mean, the larger culture, um, corporations, government policy, universities, um, there's no, there's no bastion in the culture or the larger culture where you have positive examples of masculine men and um, we can't even get that stuff on Disney Plus, you know. I mean, like it's just it's just not there. And if or, you or if you do TV, get it on there, it's got like a, a warning label, or it's got like a warning thing. Yeah, right so, well, yeah, it, like, exactly, you know. exactly, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, and then you turn the TV on and maybe you'll see commercials and all like the, the fathers are either not there or they're dumb or they, they're the ones who are asking dumb questions. And then they're always explained to by a woman how they were dumb, um, what they should have done differently. And it's just the messaging is so apparent now. Um, like you don't even really have to look too hard to see that it's just very, it's very hard to, to have any positive association with masculinity anywhere in the larger culture, because it just doesn't, it's just not there. Um, which is unfortunate. So that's why I think the situation is precarious. I mean, but also I, I think there is a little hope for it because, you know, as on it, you know, the, the virtue sphere and, and people like, you know, Will and Brendan and um, Mike Pantile and um, uh, Sharon. Oh, by the way, we need to get this out in public. I created the Charisma nickname. Okay. Sharon. Okay. So I am the guy. Okay. Just so we all know, because all I right. know Will Spencer loves that name, but that was me. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, next, next Beautiful. segment for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, so there there is hope though and uh ryan king also i love that dude he's a legend um and i know it it's the a lot of the people i just mentioned are 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 christians but i think there's also hope in um for for like non-christian men too because i think that in general men are starting to realize that it doesn't have to be this way and we don't have to have this culture where we're demeaned and, and looked down upon and told everything is our fault all the time. Um, like I know there's, you know, Jack Donovan and then there's another um, philosopher kind of person on Instagram called caffeine and philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're like, they're not Christians, but they talk about masculinity and, and what it is. And, and they may have different perspectives or ideas on it that, maybe perhaps the Will Spencer and Mike Pantile crowd may not totally agree with, but in both universes or both worlds, I think there's a awakening to the fact that there is something wrong and we can do something about it and we still have time to do something. about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like, you know, it's not like they're rolling out the gulags tomorrow. I think we still have some time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh well it depends if you talk to Alex Jones or not. But um yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a good one. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I like I think I do a pretty good Alex Jones impersonation, but his his voice is just so gravelly it hurts my throat, so I can't I can't yeah. do it from No, yeah, you gotta stay away from it, bro. Yeah, yeah. you don't want throw polyps. That's nasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and and I I uh you know it, coming coming at this especially when i when i started doing this about um a few years ago um it, the the state of masculinity was kind of uh, one of the content creators that i follow on on uh, youtube uh, paul joseph watson he he did a video about you know the relationship between men and women and how things were going and this was you know late 2019 early 2020 before pre-pandemic and uh he just kind of called he called the state of masculinity just uh the term he used was a, a dumpster fire you know the, the best mm. way that that he could and and uh his uh his comic delivery but uh but yeah i mean it was it, it was to a point where you know that you were you were seeing a lot of you know young young men who were just kind of giving up on things and then you know we've got 
there's a whole nother rabbit hole about MGTOW and the red pill. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in, in a few minutes, but I, I feel like having been plugged into this, uh, this space and this part of it's not, it, it's kind of like a, not necessarily an offshoot, but it's a different, if it's, it's a different sphere and space on, uh, on, uh, the, the, the internet now, just like the, you know, what, what Will was calling it, the virtue sphere or whatever, just like people who are looking to come back to those traditional, uh, masculine values. And it, it's really interesting. Um, Brendan of masculine revival, he's, he's told me a couple of times and told our groups a, a couple of times, um, that I think he says like almost half of his followers on Instagram are young women. And the, the world is really hungry for strong masculine leadership. And, you know, looking at, if you look at mainstream legacy media, you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily ascribe to that. Like they, well, they, they would say something else completely. And even, even upwards of 20 years ago, you would, you would same, same type of things exist. Like the, the male stereotypes in, in your popular TV shows, they weren't, weren't very strong, weren't very, weren't very masculine. You wouldn't like you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the, the male cast on friends, like as funny as the, they are, and so, as legitimately as funny as some of those, you know, episodes of that show is, I yeah. wouldn't want Ross, Joey or Chandler trying to, to, to pull me out of a fire. Like I, no. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be turning to those guys to, to do something like that. So, but you know, for a long time, that was like, I wouldn't say those were like the, the, the male archetypes of, of our culture, but that was just kind of how men who are kind of in our age, in our age bracket now were kind of represented. And even like, you know, as funny as the TV show home improvement is, I feel, I feel like, you know, like, you know, Tim Allen's character on that, like he's, that's, that's the punchline of the show is that he's, you know, supposed to be this, this handyman, but he keeps, you know, wrecking everything with, you know, not only his marriage and his life, but also on the TV show, you know, and, and that's right. kind of what, what makes is what's supposed to make it funny. But, and even, and now, nowadays you just look at some of these, you know, you look at TV commercials, you look at, you look at TV shows, like, like you were saying, like sometimes like the man's just, the husband's just not even there. And it's just, yeah. like, you know, the, 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 the male, the strong male archetypes that's just not even there. Or he's just a, a completely different, um, type of a, of a masculine influencer or hero. Yeah, there, and even there. Um, and, and I, I'm thinking of like Sharon and I, uh, we, we like to make, we, we talked about Star Trek a couple times on, on oh, our podcast. Yeah, baby. And, yeah. We can talk about Star Trek for five days, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even on like some of the newer star trek shows too like the the masculine influence on that has just been uh downgraded so so much and it's just like um i'm thinking of um i'm fortunate enough to have um this isn't a, t- a commercial for t-mobile but i have t-mobile cell uh cell phone and with that one of the benefits that i have is i have a, a free um free basic subscription to paramount plus and so um, I've been watching um, the, the one of the new Star Trek shows on there called uh, Strange New Worlds, and it's a, it's really it, I really enjoy it, but it doesn't have the same strong like the 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 character is Christopher Pike. He's the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. It's right before right, right right before Kirk takes over, but um, but even him on there, it's just like he doesn't he doesn't quite have that same. The character doesn't quite have that same presence that uh you know picard or, or captain kirk 
you know had in the uh, in the later versions and even um you know the, it's almost a lot of the characters on there i think it's it's a mostly female cast i'm i'm trying to think there's probably only like two or three other men who are actually regular cast members on on that uh on that version of the show and so it's like everything's just you know trying to shift towards you know feminine the feminine and even like women who are trying to you know be be in masculine roles and it's just like you know it, it just speaks to you know how how we're kind of going backwards in the, in the culture and i guess to to put a to put a fine to to kind of wrap, wrap it up put a fine point on it is that not only is there a space that men that are looking for truly you know looking to to how they can be, fulfill those masculine roles or look at uh different masculine archetypes about you know what what they should be but there's also women who are hungry for for that uh, uh that strong male leadership and uh, that that they haven't mm-hmm. been getting and that society hasn't been getting for a long long time i think even like you know for almost i can i can kind of trace everything back you know being that i'm 40 now i've i can kind of trace back a lot of things just going off the top of my head just even like in the last 20 25 years that it's gotten really really bad but um I do, I do want to ask you and get your take on, um, just, you know, let me, let me get your take on that. Just kind of like how, how you've seen, you know, what, who are some of the, um, specifically in fiction, I, I really like asking this question too, specifically in, in fiction and in media, um, how, who, who are some of the strong male role models that you've seen, uh, in, in, you know, in different genres of fiction and movies and, in uh, and, and, uh, I'll just let you pick it up from there. Like who are some of the, like when you think of like a truly masculine character, like who, who do you uh, think of? Oh, oh yeah. This is, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, you know, probably most people in this space would say like Aragorn is one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every single male character in Lord of the Rings embodies their own masculinity very very well whether it's frodo gandalf aragorn elrond whatever um but for me specifically um i really in in the star trek universe for me um i've always loved captain picard Mm -hmm. um i think because after you had kirk who was more of like the straight up like not machismo but a little machismo yeah um and then picard kind of comes in and he kind of refines it and it's like you know masculinity can also be patient incredibly intelligent um a diplomat of sorts but that man can also beat your ass like and he does and he can you know like that he has that um that quality to him also but he's refined it and he's in control of it which i think is is really amazing to watch Another one um, that Netflix decided to destroy or attempt to destroy um, was Geralt of Rivia in the Witcher series. Mm, Um, And it's a famous book series, uh, more famous from the video games. Um, If you don't know, uh, anyone who's listening, Geralt of Rivia is the Witcher. And in the Witcher universe, that means he's basically a human but he's been mutated in order to hunt monsters and be able to kill them because in that universe monsters have superhuman capabilities that regular humans can't catch up to their reactions and mm, and okay. strength and all that stuff so yeah that's what Geralt's job is essentially to hunt monsters and protect humankind 
And he is a phenomenal character, very complicated character, but phenomenal and super masculine. Um, and for some reason, the showrunners at Netflix decided that they would make the show more primarily about the two female characters, uh, Siri and uh, Yennefer, and have Geralt sort of be like a passenger in his own show, mm-hmm. which was just madness. And no one, no one's here for them. Like everyone's here for Geralt and primarily Henry Cavill, who's the actor, but right. everyone's yeah. here for him yeah. and to see his story. And they just decided to, to like, you know, how they do like reinterpret things and, and change the story to fit their own biases and needs and stuff like that. It's just like, this is ridiculous. But anyway, so yeah, Geralt's another one. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is also a fantastic example um, of someone who maybe isn't like a bodybuilder physically strong, um, but he's very wise, very humble. um, And, you know, despite the fact that Anakin decided to kiss everything goodbye and become Darth Vader, like generally he's a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a great aspect of masculinity that, as we were talking about before, um, the ability to teach and to pass down. Um, I think that's something that's we we need desperately. And I think that's something that a character like Obi-Wan um, provides. And that's sort of like teacher, mentor, elder role, especially with Luke in the original trilogy. Yeah. 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 That, that's um, yeah. Those are some, some great, great examples there. I, I watched uh, a couple episodes of the witcher on netflix but i didn't uh, i didn't stick with it when it was first released because i just moved on to you didn't miss much bro yeah it's sad you didn't miss much (laughs) yeah moved moved on to other things and you know i i when you mentioned netflix and and uh and the witcher i i'm remember um i i've watched the first three seasons of castlevania on netflix um which I enjoyed for the most part, but just kind of thinking of what they did to, you know, uh, Trevor Belmont in that, uh, uh, in, in that, which, you know, I, I don't know where they pulled. I mean, the, the, the characters are loosely based from the, the third, um, video game in, in the series. Um, but you know, you don't really have much in depth from, cause it was an eight bit video game. Like you don't have much in depth story about the character. And so they kind of, right, 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 they made Trevor like the, uh, the hero who was supposed to be like the hero, the, the main archetype of, of the story. They just made him like a, a drunken blithering idiot. And, and, you know, who's tries, she's trying to redeem himself. And then I think they actually gave a little bit more sympathy to, um, um, the, uh, the, the the who was the the woman in the uh the story i think her name was was shiva maybe i can't remember off the top of my head now but um but yeah that just, just another example about how hollywood and and mainstream are just trying to tear down what that that uh strong male archetype should be um yeah i've mentioned before you know what else is weird john Go is that um it'd be one thing if they wanted if they write these stories that sort of like invert you know gender relationships and all these things to fit the paradigm and all that stuff and if the writing was still good and the story was compelling yeah we could complain about this but at least the writing would still be good and the story was compelling but like objectively a lot of this new stuff is not good yeah (laughs) like the stories aren't good the writing's not good like especially the kenobi series like i mean that was billed as to be like one of the greatest productions of star wars that was ever going to happen and it was like a b minus 
a Hollywood movie for like most of the series. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is happening? Like where I understand yeah, that they want to yeah, like, yeah. you know, ch change the culture to fit their own weird, you know, idiosyncrasies and all that stuff. But like where, what happened to film? What happened yes, to this? Like yeah. the, the talent, where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, talking about star Wars, you know, this is like, unpopular opinion alert like you know what i should have i should put in like a, a buzzer for like when somebody drops a hot take on the on the ah, show but yeah, that would be a nice little sound effect. that would be I, sick yeah I, be I don't sick. i don't quite have that level of technology available to me yet but this is you know pre-warning this is a hot take <clears throat> for any star wars fans out there i did not like rogue one and <gasps> I didn't like it because of exactly what we were talking about. They inverted and they took a like the first off to me in Rogue One, the the characters were not very likable. Like how why am I supposed to be rooting for these people if they're just if they're just garbage people? Like like I, I, I couldn't stand I couldn't stand the the female lead. I can't even remember the character's name, but you know, they it was primarily like she was the the hero of the, of the story and all the men in the story were like these guys with like you know it's an audio podcast so you can't see but they've got like arms that are like you know that big around and they're you know they're just like you know they're just like these weak little little guys that are on the the, the good side side of the good guys and then all the villains are are older straight white males you know that are just like you know minions of of the empire and it's just like what 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 are we doing here and and it's just like i i i just didn't i i just didn't like the uh i didn't like the the cast who were supposed to be the the heroes i just i just didn't didn't like it i didn't think there was a lot of you know i mean it's sci-fi but there's some, there's got to be some elements of realism to it like you're telling mm -hmm. me that a guy that's that whose whose bicep is as big around as like my wrist is going to be able to punch a guy who's wearing combat armor dressed up as a stormtrooper and, and knock him out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not buying, I'm not buying this here. That's a fair point. You That's know, and that was here. one thing I just noticed as I was watching the the movie. And I just, I just, that those were the main reasons that I didn't like it. It's just like one of the things that just has happened to film. It's like, they've, they want to put so much trauma on these characters and yeah. they just, they, 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 these characters aren't, are, are barely likable. They're barely likable. Mm -hmm. you, you, you can't, you can't root for them. Like, you know, going back to, I, I use, I use Star Trek, the next generation and deep space nine a lot in my references, because, you know, those are shows that I grew up with. But the thing about those characters on those shows was like, they were, you know, people that you genuinely wanted to, to root for and were, you know, were genuinely yeah. behind and they had, they had great qualities. And even now in modern Star Trek, like on, on Star Trek Picard, like the, the character uh, Ravi, you know, the, that's played by the, the, the black woman. I can't remember her, the actress's name off the top of my head, but like, she's just a totally unlikable character. I can't stand that character. And she's been in it for, for three seasons. I mean, luckily there've been other characters in it that have been likable. And there's another character that's just like, she's barely likable, but you know, but, but for the most part, it's just like, why, why, why are we doing this to our characters in, in film? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, but yeah, you're right. I don't it's know. Like, what 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 has happened to film? Like you know, a lot of and uh, in, in television, it's just like it's just wild. They're going, they're going more for like a shock value rather than to tell a good story. And, yeah, and it's it's so weird, man, because they have the resources that like golden age Hollywood could only have dreamed about. Oh yeah, like yeah. imagine imagine either like Ben Hur or the Ten Commandments or like something like that. 
with like the level of CGI that we have now. I mean, they could have made incredible. I mean, it was still incredible. And it, it honestly, it's probably better that they didn't have CGI for those movies. But they could have used it to such great effect. And the fact that we have all of these great tools and all these resources now to tell stories and we're just telling crappy stories. It's just it's just wild. And also about Picard, like I I watched season one and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yes, like, yeah, everyone, everyone on that crew. I know we're a little off topic, but yeah, everyone yeah. on that crew was either was had had so much trauma and and somehow yet and and they all acted out on it in terrible ways like the the doctor the doctor lady who just like committed murder out of nowhere mm -hmm. um yeah. you know rafi who's basically just abusing drugs and alcohol and and it's just like and uh the pilot of the ship too he's a he like that oh, that's yeah. an example of a dude who's just who's literally just an asshole to be an asshole and it's yeah. like why did they do that <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I, I i don't know i i just like well even in what they did to, to seven of nine too like they just oh like, yeah man they just made her they, they just i so i was just like i yeah i mean i i there, there were some. Maybe it's just because I have bad taste, but I, I stuck with the second season, and and I'm actually kind of looking forward to the third season. I, I'm, I'm hopefully. I've hopefully, heard it's like, a big next generation reunion, so yeah, it could be yeah, really good. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really, it could be looking, really good. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And just you know, when I saw the when I saw the trailer for it, I got got some goosebumps there just because you know it's like it's my childhood coming back. You know, I, I yeah, had, man. I had the uh, you know action figures when I was a kid, and and had some of the you know the the ships that that made the made noises and stuff. And I actually had I actually had a little uh, little phaser that made a bunch of noise. And and uh, my oh, sister that's, got that's oh, awesome. God. This is a funny story. I'm going to out my sister on this, but she she probably won't care. But she got so she got. I was making I was playing around with it in my room one day, and and she got so aggravated with me for doing that. Like she stole it from me one night while I was sleeping, and actually it was kind of good on her because you know good for her because she she took it and she like took it apart and she unhooked a couple of the wires in it and then put it back together and i didn't even notice so i picked it up one day and i'm like, pressing the button and i'm like oh um, what the hell man yeah you know i was like oh um, you know in my mind in my mind i'm trying to i'm trying to zap a gem hadar with my phaser and i'm like okay right. this thing isn't working like you know what's going where's on the here? zapping yeah 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 and and years later she or I, don't, I don't think it was years later but later later on she told me what what she did and i was just like you know kind of miffed about it but um that's, that's yeah so that funny. just tells you that just tells you how how much i was was into it but um um, you know what? Let's we're we're at a pretty good stopping point here. Let's go ahead and take a a quick break. Um, this is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I'm your host, John Waltz. He is uh, Steve Winan, joining me from the great state of uh, New Jersey. I almost said Missouri. Wow, almost. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long week. Um, yeah, don't ever let me insult you like that again. That's uh, Thanks, um, bro. got a story. Got a story for when we when we take a break here. But uh, uh, we'll be right back. say before on this podcast that masculinity can only bestow masculinity and the proverb very well-known proverb that as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend 
which is why I want to tell you about the Masculine Revival Brotherhood. This group of men have done a lot to change the lives of so many men in North America and around the world. Now, in our culture, there's no clean break from boyhood. One day, you turn legal drinking age, and all of a sudden, you're a man. Many men are lost. They have no idea what it means to be a virtuous man, to be a true man that's a protector, provider, a man who can lead his relationships, lead his life, lead his family. Which is why I want to invite you to join the Masculine Revival Brotherhood. Now, so many men, men that I've come to know personally as part of the Brotherhood, have changed their lives dramatically from weight loss to moving out of their parents' basement to uh, being able to finally approach and talk to women to getting married, having children, becoming financially stable, all because they have a group of like-minded men in their corner, seeing their potential and seeing how they can grow. Now, what you get with the Masculine Revival Brotherhood is you will uh, be a part of weekly meetings. We have a two-and-a-half-hour virtual meeting every week to discuss and partake in processes that change us as men. We have our own private Slack community where we can uh, chat and also receive calls and connect with brothers between meetings, especially in times of support. You will receive accountability from a band of brothers who want to have your back and want to see you win in life. We set quarterly goals for each other. We are a group of like-minded men. So, I would encourage you, I do encourage you, join us in the Masculine Revival Brotherhood. Reach out to the Masculine Revival Instagram page. Reach out to Brendan Schmidt. DM him the word Brotherhood. And he has new groups forming this year. Great leadership partners that are overseeing the group. And again, I've been a part of this group. This group has been my own personal testimonial. It's been partially responsible for the rebirth of this podcast and I would not have met men like Will Spencer Mike Pantile, Jonathan Rios and Ryan King I would not have been able to meet them or reach out to them and have them on this show and this platform I can't say enough about the men in my own group who want me to succeed, want me to lead and become a force for good I want to be a force for good in this space and the Masculine Revival Brotherhood is enabling me and equipping me to do just that So, if you want to grow, if you want to have a group of like-minded men in your corner that have your back, that want to see you win in life, join the Masculine Revival Brotherhood. Go to MasculineRevival.com or search for Masculine Revival on Instagram. Links will be in the show notes. Again, that's MasculineRevival.com or uh, Masculine Revival on Instagram. As Brotherhood member Ryan says, if you have the courage to live a life true to yourself, this is the 21st century initiation into manhood. This is the Masculine Revival Brotherhood.
Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. Joining me today from the great state of New Jersey is Mr. Steve Winan. Uh, Steve and I kind of got connected through uh, the Masculine Revival Men's Group, which you just heard uh, an ad spot for. So if you are if you are a man and you're needing uh, needing brotherhood and you're wanting some guys in your corner that uh, uh, that want to see you win and help you improve and grow as a man, I highly encourage you to uh, reach out to uh, Brendan Schmidt uh, of Masculine Revival and uh, let him know what you're looking for. Um, yeah, the uh, link will be in the in the show notes. But uh, uh, Steve, moving on into uh, uh, the next part of our conversation here, um, one question that I do have that we haven't uh, uh, covered yet is that there's uh, you know, so we were talking about masculine archetypes, and there's there's kind of a, an idea, a couple different ideas out there of um, you know, th- there's there's the nice guy, and then there's the good man, strong man uh, archetype. What what would you say is the biggest difference? What makes some you know what 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 makes someone a, a good man as opposed to a nice guy, or, or what would you associate with uh, uh, you know what's the biggest difference between a nice guy and someone who's a good man? Mm. My instinct is to say that a nice guy, of which I used to be one, so I know them intimately. <laughs> Uh, would be a predisposition towards more agreeableness and people-pleasing than the norm, Mm -hmm. or especially for what you would expect a man to behave like. And for the good man, quote-unquote, yes, a good man is compassionate and kind, um, but you also don't want to fuck with him, right? Like, it's, it's... you know, and that and straddling that line of of having the kindness, but also, you know, being able to flip on the, the kill switch. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what I think that's in my opinion, that's what a good man is. And this age that we live in and also for myself is I'm trying to find my edge. Right. I'm trying to find the edge where I can be a good man, um, but also retain the parts of like the quote unquote nice guy that you know, you need to have, you want to be compassionate for your kids. You want to be compassionate towards your wife and be kind to them and, and your community and all that stuff. But you also have to be firm. You also have to be assertive. You also have to lead. So you got to find a balance. And I think that's really hard to find, but that is the difference. I think yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I've heard a couple different answers to that, but it's very, very similar is that the, the nice guy, or the um, the term that uh, that the kids use is uh, well, actually, I haven't heard it used too often now. But uh, even like four or five years ago, the term term that would be used would be uh, simp, you know, S I M P. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That would be the term that's used for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I know, think also. Oh, go ahead, John. You go. Oh, ahead. you're good. You're good. You are. Yeah. So I I think the also the big key difference. So what is the reason behind a nice guy? being highly agreeable and people pleasing and, and, and simping quote unquote and all that. And in my experience, the reason behind all that was because I didn't know myself and I never met myself and I had no sense of self. So I was mm-hmm. just trying to get that from other people. And yeah. of course, naturally the best way to do that is just to say yes and agree to everything and be agreeable. So you don't have to have conflict. And as long as you get, you know, approval from other people, you're good to go. So the good man doesn't need 
approval from other people, right? Like he, he might need approval from his brothers. He might need approval uh, in that way. Um, but he doesn't need to go out and like simp, right? Quote unquote simp to right. get that stuff. Yeah. So having a, a strong sense of who you are and owning it also, I think is the big difference between the good man and the nice guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And, and I, um, having been, having been much, much like yourself, you know, I, I've, I've been uh, a people pleaser, um, for good portion of my life. And, and sometimes, sometimes I do, do fall back into that. That's one of the ways that I'm, that I'm trying to grow and find, find my own edges, just not be as much of a, a people pleaser and be a little bit more, um, engaging in, in conflict or, or what, and sometimes that's not even, you know, objectively looking at it, it doesn't even look like conflict, but it feels like conflict, you know, between, mm. you know, for, for guys like us who have who've been, been so agreeable for, for so much of our lives, it's like, you've, it almost feels like you're being com somebody complete in a lot of ways you are, but you're just being like, not necessarily the opposite side of that coin, but you're being some, you know, completely different coin to, to begin with. And I think with, with a nice guy, that's, that's a great point is like, they're trying to find validation or they're trying to find identity from the feelings, you know, from, from good feelings from, from other people. Um, and then, then they kind of want something of that in return. Like, you know, if I, the, the term, especially as, as it relates with, uh, with women is just, is just like, you know, if I give her that compliment, then she'll, you know, turn back, you know, return that back to me. And, and, you know, then I can get something, something that I want, or it's just like, it's kind of a little bit more, it's, it's more transactional with, with the nice guy yes. than yep, it is yep, yep, with, yep. with the good man. And, and with the good man, good. you know, I, I've, you, you just got to, like you said just just know who you are and it and just you know with with a good man it's just like okay you know i i want to in in the same example of like complimenting a woman or or being you know being willing to to talk to to a woman uh is in in public is just like okay well you know i'm, I'm gonna take this risk i'm gonna you know engage this person like they're another human being and then just go from from there on and then if it just if it doesn't work then it's it's their issue but it doesn't mean that i'm you know that i'm trash or that i'm you know a less than less than a competent and capable human being or or, or man and so it's that's right. the that's the difference and and the nice guy one more thing i i think the nice guy he he doesn't even know what um he doesn't know like being a protector and provider that's not something that's that goes through his mind. It's just like, it's mm -hmm. constantly affirmation. It's constant, you know, um, trying to get, get good feelings and, and positive feedback where, where the good man is just like, you know, I'm, I'm sacrificing this, this part of my ego so that I can be, you know, an anchor and a stalwart for, for my family and, and those that love me. Uh, so I, I think right. that's a, a, a good, good thing that, um, and, and I think, you know, like you said, you haven't, haven't being ready to have that, um, that kill switch ready to go or, or the, the, uh, the clip that I, th I think about, um, it's become popular on Instagram is Jordan Peterson talking to, uh, to Joe Rogan about a, a translation in the Bible about the, uh, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, the, the word meek is, uh, quite often not translated correctly. And we think, 
in our culture, we think meekness is, is weakness. And that's, that's not what it is at all. Meekness isn't weakness. It's, it's power under control. It's, it's, um, you know, the, the translation should be like those who know how to use their weapons, know how to use their swords, but still keep them sheathed, uh, you know, will will be the ones that they, they have the capability to do that, but they don't, that's not the, the first thing that they go to. Um, you know, it's, it kind of go falls back into what Jesus said. Also, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Um, so you, you, you can, you can die, you can die by the sword, but you also don't necessarily, you know, living by the sword is, is not the existence that, that you want. Yeah. It's not the existence you want either. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but but you still, yeah, but it's just another tool in, in your arsenal. It's just another thing that you need to need to have to, uh, you know, to, to, thrive in your in your masculine but um um, i want to i want to hop over to you know the uh, we were talking about the kind of the opposite side of the coin here you know we're we're in the the virtue space virtue sphere virtue pill you know this is the the virtue virtue pill season of this uh this podcast and um i want to kind of talk to you a little bit about um different part of the men's movement online and we were mentioning it earlier but uh you know uh, i, I want to get your your take and and just and see if you've been exposed to any of this content and kind of what uh what your your feelings are on it specifically you know they call it the the you know red pill movement or uh, you know movements like um you know i don't hear it too much uh right now uh on the internet but it used to be popular about five six years ago called uh, migtow men going their own way or even you know guys like Andrew Tate have been in the news um, and even just like fig figures like that who are, who are coming from, you know, from, from their perspective, they're not definitely not, not very virtuous coming from, from their, uh, their side of, of uh, the, the men's movement. But uh, just want to get your, your take on, on, on that. And uh, I'll let you uh, pick it up from there. Yeah. I mean, yes. So I, a couple, maybe two or three years ago, um, the YouTube algorithm started suggesting to me um, 21 convention videos. And I mm, think that's yeah. like the the hub of, of all that kind of red pill stuff. Yeah. And um, I think someone I mentioned before, Jack Donovan, and he's spoken there. Um, mm-hmm. The Richard Cooper guy spoke there. Yeah. Um, and there's probably a few others that I can't remember, but yeah. So they, I feel I, it's going to sound wild, but I feel bad for them. Because I think a lot of them are in a lot of pain. And I think a lot of them were probably raised by like super controlling mothers and didn't have fathers present. Or if they did have a father present, he was just kind of there. Um, not really a, a presence. He was just a present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad for them because they've, they've taken the pain that they have and they've now they've weaponized it and now it's like being a man means manipulating women to have sex with you and making a shitload of money at the expense of your own morality or your own moral intuition and you know buy super expensive cars and fuck everyone else because you're all the only thing that matters and it's like and then obviously we know that, that that's not good and that that can't lead you down any road that is going to lead to anything positive or long-term or lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do get some things right. Like, yes, the, the 
feminist world that we live in now, like devalues males and devalues our contributions, devalues our identity, devalues our biology. Now we got James Cameron saying that, you know, testosterone is a poison that should be excised from the body or whatever he said. And this man literally created the Terminator movies. Like, holy, yeah. you need to get your head checked. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's a shame because they, they latch on to a very real pain that they that they have and that other young men have is that society has basically told them, you're a piece of shit, we don't need you. And then here is now this way where you can still get laid and also get payback at the same time. And that's that's sort of how I've come to understand the red pill movement for myself. And so um, the MGTOW stuff, like men going their own way, and I guess maybe is that is that like incel stuff, like men who are just purposely not well, like yeah. having sex, or what is that? Yeah, I think uh, MGTOW, it's just kind of another, a little bit more of a branching off of, of Red Pill. I think it's just men okay. just kind of giving up on... Not necessarily giving up, but they're yes. not giving up. they're not plugging into into society. They're just they're not uh, you know they're they're not they're not partaking in in relationships or, or yes or something like that. So they're yes, and the giving up is is the key, right? It's like we've given up on trying to be honorable and good, and so now we're going to act like shitheads and like that cannot be the answer, <laughs> right? Like. We're so, the, the great reconciliation that Will talks about in his Instagram stories, right? Like men and women both have to reconcile together. We can't yes. go our own ways because then <laughs> the species dies. I yeah. mean, it's just the math doesn't add up, brother. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and we're we're seeing we're seeing a result of that. Is 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 you know I'm sure you've you've heard the stories too. Just like the birth rates are just down so drastically oh, yeah. in the Western yeah. world, and it's you know it, it's yeah. really it's really quite quite alarming. And um, yeah. even you know testosterone levels have have just have have dropped so much, and and that there's if you don't have a greater purpose or a greater morality. I, I can see where you, you know, the, the red pill and, and MGTOW movements would be attractive to you and kind of draw you in because there's, you know, my, my dad and I actually had a conversation about this a long, long time ago. I was, I was a sophomore in high school and I was in kind of a tough spot mentally. And we were talking about it one day and he had actually just gotten, um, he had just gotten a letter from the school and we, we had a computer class. And like I said, it was early days of, of the internet. And so that was like, we were trying to, you know, we, we had classes about how to use the internet and how to use Microsoft office. Those were like high school classes that, that I took. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I figured out a way to get on the internet and get past the internet filters. And so there were times in class where I was looking at, you know, I, I was looking at, wasn't looking at pornography, but I was looking at, at like, you know, naked pictures on, on the internet, you know, doing what, yeah. you know, what a teenage boy would, would do with access to, yeah. to that. But then there was, um, uh, I got, you know, I got caught cheating, um, on, on an assignment because I was just, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to and you know, during, during class time. And so I was just like, go into like the greater file and like copy and paste somebody's work. And, and, and I, um, you know, I, I 
so eventually I, I submitted that and, and that was reported back to, to my dad. And he was, we, when we were talking, he said, you know, I, he, he wasn't too upset about, you know, me looking at, you know, at, at looking at the, the, the women on online, just because he's like, you know, that's, that's natural. I can, can understand that. But it was the, uh, it was the cheating that really hurt him. And we were talking about it. And I remember I was in, I was, I was really in a, at a really, in a really upset point um, because it was, it was actually, a, he, it was actually a couple days after uh, the Columbine shooting um, mm. that time here. And so everybody was just at school was just kind of a little bit more on edge because something like that, like that had happened. And um, he was, you know, he understood why, why I was upset and he under, understood that. And, and, but still it was, you know, he had to confront me about this, this whole cheating thing that I did. And, um, I remember it's kind of a long, long way around to get this, but I just remember he, I just pointed it. I had some CDs sitting on, on the end table next to my bed. And I said, well, you know, maybe it's, he's, he just was like, you've been last six months, you've just been so angry and just have acted out so much. And I just don't, don't understand where this is coming from. And I just pointed to the, to my, to my end table. And I had, you know, I had some heavy metal music. I mean, I, I'm more mature now, so it does. I, I'd like to think it doesn't affect my mentality too much. But I, I had like I had some some old school Metallica albums on you know on CD, and I had it was like Corn Follow the Leader that that album. I had that album, and and that was just like right when that kind of genre and part of, of yeah, the new metal popped off. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. When that was taking taking place, and and uh, and so yeah, I was just like, well, maybe it's just maybe it's that you know, and and he just he said to me well why what what's the draw to it why do you listen to it so much and i i told him i was like well i, I feel like it helps me express my anger and he made a very poignant statement he said well son i don't think it's so much that as that it just reinforces your anger and that was a, a really that was a really eye-opening um statement and realization that i came to because as, as a teenager you're not i don't think your brain's quite developed enough to be able to, to differentiate that between, you know, expression and, and, and reinforcement. And that kind of speaks to the maturity of our society. So I say all that because what the red pill does, what MGTOW does, even, even black pill, that type of, uh, of thinking, what that does to a lot of men in our society is that it reinforces their anger and says like, yeah, you're pissed. You've been wronged. You've, you know, maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been through, you know, you've had this, these, these career op options, or maybe, you know, a woman that you were really in love with just told you to, told you to fuck off, you know, maybe, you know, what, whatever, like you're not where you want to be in life. Well, you know, it's the system's fault or it's their fault. It's not, it's not you as a man. It's, it's, you know, and, and so it's just like, and, and this is how, you know, the world's lied to you. And this is how religion and how, you know, television lied to you. And so, and, and then you, you get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, if, if I had, you know, if I, if I was looked more like Rich Cooper, if I looked more like Andrew Tate, you know, like, like she wouldn't have left me. So, you know, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And, and just to, to spite, to spite her. And just because I know what type of, you know, hypergamous, you know, vipers these women are in, in society, I'm not going to let them, let them get in or, you know, get close to that. And so it's, 
it's a nefarious way of just reinforcing some of those stereotypes or not stereotypes, but the reinforcing some of those things that, that mainstream society has been telling us. And, and, but it comes from, it doesn't come from a redemptive place. It comes from a vengeful place and, mm, and yep. And venge, yep, yep. vengeance, vengeance and retribution is, is so much easier to cope with or to understand and to want and to uh, even, acquire or 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 claim rather than redemption or retribution and i i i try and i came i kind of came to the realization kind of revolving around that too i i was a career that i had early on i was actually right about your age when when this happened to me i was unceremoniously fired from a job that i had had, had for about seven or eight years and Tennessee is uh, an at-will employment state, so you can be you can be pretty much fired for you know wearing wearing a green T-shirt and your boss doesn't like it. He can just snap his fingers and and you're you're done. And so that was pretty much what what happened. And the uh, the owner of the company that I was working at, he said, "I'm not satisfied with the performance of your department. Tennessee is an at-will employment state, so I'm firing you today." And um, looking back on that there were times where I, you know, would have daydreams about like, Oh, you know, how could I get some type of revenge or retribution on this guy? And then I finally came to the point one day that I was just like, I don't want, I don't want him to suffer any loss like I suffered and felt that day. But I just want, the only thing that I want is for him to know how much it hurt me, but I don't want him to, to suffer. I just want him to know where that, where that put me and then just move on from there you know that that that's really what what I, that's the i think that's the the biggest difference between you know um redemption and retribution is or or revenge and so um so yeah let me let me get your your thoughts uh, a little bit on on that i know i've been kind of talking here for the last uh, last you know taking up a lot of space there on that but that's that's those are a couple of things that i kind of came to mind on your uh uh, based on on your answer there with uh, red pill and MGTOW. yeah man um yeah the spirit of vengeance i mean it feels powerful and awesome but it's going to destroy you in the end um you know and i don't quote me on which part of scripture it is but it's like vengeance is mine you know that's yeah. god's job it ain't yours um and you know even if you're not religious um really think about what is it doing to you like how do you like do you really like in the end are you going to feel really great and be happy that you have stored up all this anger and pain and wished wished that upon someone else like no obviously not yeah um yeah dude and i think you're right like the red pill migtow all that kind of andrew taste stuff is just totally based on vengeance and 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 trying to settle scores um and it's not a spirit of reconciliation um which is you know how you solve problems in in the in the in in human society you have to reconcile otherwise communication breaks down and you go to war against each other and that's why we've got the feminists over here and then we've got the MGTOW, Red Pill, Andrew Tate schmucks over here. And it's just like we have these two camps that are just like di- like they are the same, but they're also diametrically opposed. It's kind of like Nazism and communism. But anyway, 
Uh, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But it's yeah. like you have these two you have these two sides that are diametrically opposed to each other, but they're also exactly the same. It's just their target audience of victims is different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what we're dealing with here. That's what we got to, you know, and I think this virtue pill stuff gives us a third way into like, hey, we can actually just come together and and reconcile. Yeah. Ooh, what a concept. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, and it's just it, at, at, at some point it requires emotional maturity on uh, on the part of the individual. And that's and the, the the big problem with our mainstream culture right now is that it does not reward emotional mature, maturity. No, it doesn't. It 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 really it, it really doesn't. And that's the that's the difficult part is just realizing, okay, you know, I'm I am uh, emotionally immature in this area. I you know, I, I I don't there's a difference between understanding something in your head and then understanding and then then to get putting it into your heart and understanding something in your heart and taking it to, you know, become becoming part of who you are. And there's, that's, there's going to be, there's going to be some from both camps that are eventually going to realize like, you know, you and I are great examples of that. I, I, uh, you know, you know, we were exposed to, to red, red pill content and I was, I first started discovering it about five or six years ago uh, when I was living in, in Arizona and, there, there were some things that like, yeah, modern women are that are that are mainstream feminists. Yeah, they they do act like this. Hypergamy is a real thing, and you know what? For the record, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm glad hypergamy is a real thing and that it's out there because I I I've, I've got a, a sister in, and I know that the man that she married, she married a little bit above socioeconomically, and he's he's a great he's a great husband, great, great father and, and a provider for her and, and my nephew. And, and I'm very, very glad that, that she, you know, married, married him. I'm, I'm very glad that people when you know, women that I see that I, that I care about, um, have a platonic relationship with, you know, when I see them, you know, get, you know, I, I want, I want the women that I care about to marry up, you know, I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, and, and so it, it's, um, that's it's a real thing it's a necessary thing it's it's just part of our you know who who we are as a society and and yeah i mean there's you got you got to understand that but obviously it's not the nefarious thing that some of these red pill guys make it out to be and and you know there's there there's red flags to look for in, in women that that you know but but you can do that and not be misogynist or you can do that and and not you know, not put down on women or, or, or spin plates. Like I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a man of faith. And what eventually pulled me away from, from the red pill was just like, God doesn't call me to spin plates. He doesn't call me to be, to be a man like that. He calls me, he calls me to be a man who, who has, you know, one wife and, and, and children and, and provides for my own household, less that I'm worse than a non-believer. You know, that, that's a, pulled out of scripture there too and and i think that's one of the big thing that some of these red pill guys are, are missing is that they don't have that higher sense of morality that uh, uh that guides that guides you know guys like me and guys guides guys like like will and guys you know um mm-hmm. jonathan rios and other guys in in our space but um 
Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, we'll, we'll switch gears here a little bit. Um, you have a business that you run called uh, The Sibling Coach. So um, yep. I just want to ask you a little bit uh, a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about your, your, your business and, and uh, what your mission is with that. Yeah, so um, I think it's something that I've always in the back of my mind thought about doing, but I never had the ability to really step into it, um, ironically, until I joined uh, the men's group and, um, and then just getting exposed to people who either run their own businesses or, um, work for companies that they really believe in. And, and it's just like, Whoa, like, you mean, I could like do something like this? Like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. So, um, yeah. So the business is called the sibling coach and it is a life coaching business. And my ideal clients are, um, people or siblings or parents of people with disabilities. So if you're a sibling or parent of somebody with, um, you know, severe or very severe autism, um, Down syndrome, any sort of learning disabilities, neurological disorders, like, you know, the, the goal is to help my clients reclaim the parts of their lives that they had to give up in order to take mm. care of people like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and disclaimer, a lot of popular media portrayals of disabilities are not accurate or very, very best case kind of scenarios. So like there's a mm -hmm. show called The Good Doctor where the main character ha is on the aut autistic spectrum, but he's he's a doctor like, mm -hmm. you know, and he's he has he has behavioral issues and can't regulate social interactions and things like that. But he, he's a fucking doctor. Yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah. Yeah. like. My brother is will never be a doctor, will never be working in corporate supply chain. He will never get married like he will never do a lot of things that like neurotypical people do. And so that's a very different life and it's a very different experience. And the siblings and parents of people like that have very, also very different lives and experiences as a result of the responsibilities that come with caring for somebody like that. And it took me like the last five years or so to really reconcile with my own experience um, being a, a co-sibling, uh, I'm sorry, co-parent caregiver, essentially like from like the age of 10, I, I pitched in so often, like I, I kind of gave up on my own life for a long time there. Mm, yeah. um, and it took me the last five years or so to really get it together and, and realize that I could take ownership of my life and do the things that I want to do, but also still be his brother and take care of him when I can. And um, it's really hard to get to that point because you feel so guilty um, when you're, when you're trying to actually do things for yourself. And so that's why I started the business because I know there's more people out there than me and my sister um, who need someone in their corner who knows what it's like and how difficult it is and can help them put together a plan um to step into things in their lives that they want to do i mean it could be as small as just going to the gym twice a week and just cooking healthy meals like even that's a challenge because it depends on how intensive the care is and do you even have time for that stuff yeah um so you know it, it varies based on who on their needs but um you know that's that's why i started the business to do that stuff so um yeah so i post pretty regularly i got a website I'll, we, we could talk about that stuff at the end um yeah but yeah, that's kind of, that's what it is. 
Okay. Awesome. And and you're just kind of inspired to, uh, to get into that because you have a, a brother that's who has uh, yeah. special needs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I, I felt like now that I can, now that I've empowered myself to do the things that I want to do and, and build a life that I want to live and, and have a wife and have kids and all that stuff, despite the fact that I also have this other responsibility. Um, I feel like the world's missing out on a lot of other really great people who can do really great things that are just stuck in the mm, caregiver yeah. role. And they just need, they need a push and guidance to get out of it and, and balance it better. And so that's mm. what I'm doing. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. And, um, uh, so you do have in your Instagram bio, which I, I do want to uh, ask you about. So you put it out on the internet, so I'm going to use it as leverage to uh, embarrass Go you. Go for it, bro. Uh, says the, uh, the guitarist <laughs> with the explosive boogie woogie. So I, I got to ask you about that, where that, uh, that line came from and, uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your musical talents. Yeah. So I was in a band in high school, um, with four, four of my friends and, um, we played at a battle of the bands up in Sparta, New Jersey. And um, while we were off stage, like I had my guitar on and, and we were just kind of uh, just running through the song silently. But I was, I, I know I kind of always dance and move around. So, um, you know, they must, the judges must've seen me or something. And then yeah. uh, we come out on, on the stage and then the, the MC is like uh, running through everyone's names. And then she just goes, and finally Steven Winant the guitarist with the explosive boogie woogie yes and and yes. like every oh and like the whole band looks at me i see my parents out there they're looking at me i'm looking at them and i'm like i have no idea what the hell she's talking about <laughs> nice nice oh uh, it was awesome yeah it was a blast <laughs> nice well they um I, I've, I've talked about this this guy on the podcast before but uh um i'm Fingers crossed. I'm going to keep putting it into the ether. Hopefully, he'll uh, be able to join me on the show. But uh, uh, Tommy Vexed, the uh, former lead singer of Bad Wolves. Oh, uh, yeah. He does. Bro, uh, Cancel the King, bro. Yo, oh, yeah. man. What yo, a yeah. banger. That's a great song. Yeah. that's. Uh, I actually yeah. used that as as uh, the my intro to the second segment. I uh, used the first part of that song. Nice. But, uh, um, Legend. Oh, that's but, sick. But, uh, um, but when when I saw that uh, on your in your Instagram bio, I automatically went to he did a cover of uh, Oogie Boogie song from Nightmare Before Christmas, and so that's um, I, uh, I I always yeah, I, I, I like to to listen to that sometimes too. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, yeah, I got a really great story, and you know um, you know God willing, I'll be able to to get him on the on the show someday. Would love to to oh, talk to him. Oh, that would be and, so awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, I've. Uh, I've had Dennis Prager on, so you know if I can get Dennis Prager on, I can. Uh, if I can get Dennis Prager and John yeah. Eldridge on, I feel like I could probably get uh, get Tommy on at some point. But uh, I think so. Uh, oh, that but, would be so dope. Yeah, that would no, be I'll, so I'll, dope. I'll let you. I'll let you know if that uh, if that does happen. Please. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one one question I do want to ask, and we'll we'll kind of wrap uh, wrap things up here with with this one. It's my final question. Something that I ask to uh, uh, every guest on here. Um, what what kind of a, you know say you know we you can, you're able to speak into the life of a of a young man who's you know in his in his early twenties, um, and he's kind of going down that red pill road or he's going down that MGTOW road where he's just kind of getting ready to give up on things and just kind of go go about his own own way and do do his own thing. You know what you know for someone who's lost and ready to give up in that position, what kind of advice and encouragement will you give to a young man in that position? Yeah. Um, 
Wow, that's a really good question. I would say, I would say that the way that you feel is very real. And in a world or in a society that is saying all of the things and believing all the things that make you feel that way, like, yeah, totally normal reaction to have at first. But there's more to life than being in pain and being a victim. And your ancestors, like, slaughtered saber-toothed tigers, conquered empires, built technology, did all these amazing things. And that means that you have that in your DNA. And you can do that stuff too. And just because the rest of the world is sort of against you right now, all you need to do is just go find some brothers and and you will be able to build a life that you're proud of and that you want to have, whatever that may be. You have the power and the ability to do it. You just need some good people around you and you will get there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And that's why you know, this, this work that we're doing and, and, uh, um, you know, groups like, like we mentioned it before, but masculine revival, um, and even, yep. uh, guys like Will Spencer, I think he has different coaching and men's group opportunities. And there's, there's a few different avenues, uh, and, and people out there who, who provide that type of a space. And the beauty of technology now is that you, you can talk with someone on the, uh, other side of the country in, in real time and, uh, you know, get, get some good advice from them if and and it's so hard to it's really hard to find that especially in in church and this is a topic for another day and another podcast but you know Mike mm. Antiel and I Tila and I talk a lot about bubblegum christianity and it's really hard to it's hard to get the kind of brotherhood and that you and male companionship that you need in your typical quote unquote men's group at church. Um, and so mm. I really encourage, you know, like you said, find a, a group of guys um, that that are invested in you and invested in that can be invested in you and you can invest in them. And just, you know, it's, it's a growth process and we're all, we're all, it is a growth process. Yeah. Yeah. And And the other thing I, and the other thing I would say also, John, to the young man is that it like, it is a process and you're not overnight going to change everything and change yourself. Like that's something that we all got to accept. Right. Like yeah. it took me five years to essentially get to the point where I am now, where I'm actually like in my own. I know myself, I feel good about myself and I'm, and I'm taking life by the horns and, and doing it. Um, and that's why what you're saying, like having a group that is about the same thing is so key. Yes. It's so yeah. key because right. Men know each other. Men know themselves through other men. Like, it's very important that you get with other guys who want to go on this journey and do this shit. Mm-hmm. And if I could, I would go across the whole country to every single public school and just hand out flyers for Masculine Revival men's groups. Yeah. And we would make Brendan the most wealthiest men's group leader of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I'll, I'll pass that I'm along sure to him would. next time I talk to him. That's, uh, oh, yeah. But again, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's something that, that's not, 
taught or it's not something that's that we really really value and or not value but it's just something that that we just that's just kind of lost in our in our culture today so yeah i i would yeah, yeah. definitely well, we're building that. it back man yeah yeah we're we are, it we back. are. it's gonna happen the 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 virtue uh the virtue sphere is uh is is coming and uh the uh as part of the year of hurt feelings you know we're we're definitely going to be uh be making a push and, <laughs> and making uh you know making our, our presence known so uh he is mr steve Winan. so steve uh tell us the uh, best place for people to find you sure so for the business um on instagram it's the underscore sibling underscore coach um, is the username. You just type the sibling coach, it'll come up. Um, and then my regular Instagram is uh, Strider SW22. And I just took that name from Aragorn's uh, pseudonym in the first book of Lord of the Rings. Um, there, I just post a bunch of memes and rock and roll and and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't really do too much business stuff there. So if you're looking for life coaching, you head over to sibling coach. Awesome. All right, my friend. Well, it was great to talk to you today and uh, great to, to see you face to face. We've talked a little bit over Instagram, but uh, we'll have links to uh, uh, to your uh, business and personal Instagram in the show notes. Uh, also a link to Masculine Revival and uh, that program in the show notes as well. He is Steve Winan. I am John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and I will talk to you all next time. <laughs>